another one, another one, another one. We the best music, music, music. Major key, major key. DJ Kelly. Yeah. I go on and on. Welcome, Pew Report readers, so listeners, and viewers to a Monday of Victory Monday edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Energized by Celsius, I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. With me today, the one and only Scott Reynolds, also from PewterReport.com. And we have a wonderful topic today, Scott, because as much as it's Victory Monday, and we will talk in depth about this Bucks victory. We'll talk about the nuances of the victory. We'll talk about Byron Leftwich's hot start to the season. We'll talk about the Bucks running back situation. But first, Scott, we're going to talk a little bit of Richard Sherman on this podcast. Is it possible that the Bucks could actually come away with Richard Sherman, who is still currently a free agent? There's lots to tackle in this situation. We're going to discuss that on today's show. Yeah, I, I think there is some... Some possibility that he that he comes aboard. Um, the Bucks aren't ruling it out for sure, and we even heard Bruce Arians today, when asked about it, suggest that they've had conversations, or at least he admitted that, and uh, and and that they'll see where it goes. I, I do think that that when you look at at the Buccaneers, they've made some big season additions before. Sometimes they'll, they'll make a trade for Steve McClendon. Sometimes they'll add a Ross Cockrell. You know some some lesser name players mm-hmm. for, for depth, but then you've got a Antonio Brown situation that happened last November, John, and and that that's a big name. That's that's someone who could come in and help them. And uh, you know Richard Sherman is is a player that that certainly fits what the Bucks are looking for in terms of size. They like big corners, and he's about one of the biggest ones that, that's out there. I mean Optimus Prime. We're talking about six foot three, hundred ninety five pounds. Yeah. The, the detriment, though, with Sherman is 33 years of age. How much money is he going to want? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how how productive is he? he? He's a player that's on the decline. That's why he's he's available right now. If he was mm-hmm. if he was the Optimus Prime in his prime, he would be on a roster. But right. when you look at, at the fact that he was with, the, you know, with the 49ers, played five games last year. You know how much gas does he does he have left in the tank? Is he a player that could, that could come in and help this team with Sean Murphy Bunting being out? I like what I saw from Mike Edwards playing the nickel quite a bit yesterday, and, and I like that matchup going against Cooper Cup, who is that slot receiver for the Rams, probably the best slot receiver, not named Chris Godwin in the NFL right now. I like that matchup better than I do Ross Cockrell. Yeah, there's a lot of layers to this, including the schematic fit. Does Sherman have legs left? We will tackle and talk about the off-field stuff as much as we know about it. Um, That's a layer to this as well. What kind of role would he play if it happens? Again, this is all speculation at this point. Richard Sherman hasn't signed anywhere. The Bucs signed Pierre Desir. But Arian's comments today really left the door open, Scott. And that's why I kind of went back to his comments and I wrote an article about it. And I was like, man... I actually think there's real legs here. Like I think the Bucks have shown they're willing to go after vets to help this team. You know, guys who, you know, some people think maybe they're done or maybe they're closer to being done, but they'll they'll take a you know a discount deal maybe to play and get a chance to win a ring with Brady and Co. And maybe that's what's happening here. I don't know if that ends up going down that way. There's also interest from the 49ers and the Seahawks, both of Sherman's former teams. So right. that could be a play here as well. But I think there's real legs to it, not saying that it will happen or even that it's likely to happen, but I think there's real legs to it in the fact that the Bucks are interested in making 
this a possibility and examining this to see if what Sherman's interest would be, what his price would be. And so I think it's worthy of our time uh, talking about on today's podcast. You know what else is worthy of our time, Scott, on today's podcast? Our friends uh, over at Celsius. Celsius? Yeah, yes. you got the orange. I got the strawberry guava. Celsius powers active lives every day, Scott, with essential functional energy. I love the fact that there's so many different flavors. They're all good, to be honest with you. There's only a couple you and I have been like, eh, about. But you see on the screen there, Fuji Apple Pear, one of my ones that's growing on me the most lately. Tropical vibe, amazing. Wild berry up there in the right-hand corner. Love that one. Kiwi guava is a favorite. Watermelon's over there to the left. Orange is up there. I mean, you just got a ton of different flavors. They're all good. They found a way to make them taste good while building a drink that has zero sugar, healthy energy, accelerates metabolism, burns body fat. It's unbelievable stuff from Celsius. You can check it out, celsius.com. You can also go to Amazon. You can get the, do this to subscribe and save, get a percentage off and get those things shipped to your door every single uh, week or whatever, however often you I know some friends who drink them that fast, yeah. uh, however fast you drink them. Uh, so it's great stuff John, from Celsius. I, I, I made awesome. a big mistake. I, Did you? I, I set my subscribe and save for like, three weeks and just they go too fast in my household. So I get the notification from Amazon. I'm actually going to bump it up. I'm going to do two weeks. Probably going to regret that. John will probably be back in about 10, 14 days saying, I'm going to go ahead and bump this up to once a week because I got teenagers in the household. My wife, Ashley, loves them. Mm -hmm. I love Celsius. Start your day with Celsius. You get that energy rush without the crash. That's what I like about it. And listen, we were up late last night cranking out some stories for PeterReport.com on our content mm -hmm. and celsius will power you through your mondays whatever job you have yeah absolutely no question about it great stuff go over to celsius.com and check all that out all right here's one of the first layers to this for me scott of uh, this conversation about richard sherman if richard sherman is to join the bucks how exactly does he help the team if jamel dean and carlton davis are both healthy quick caveat on that sean murphy bunting obviously will be out for a while we don't know exactly how long we'll, we'll see i would guess I think it's going to be till closer to midseason before we see him again. Maybe yeah. I'll end up wrong. Then that'll be a happy surprise if so. But right now you've got a situation where Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean both got banged up yesterday, played and finished the game. Arians mentioned today some guys are in MRIs. He didn't say who. We didn't get the chance to ask kind of who that might be. Yeah. I'm just curious. Like yesterday was those two and Evans and Jaden Mickens that got banged up. I think yeah. Evans looked like he was cramping to me. The announcers, I think I agree. The game said they, they seem like he was cramping. So I don't know, maybe one of those guys is getting an MRI. That's speculation completely. And yeah, well, it's possible it, it, that there could be a concern there. It, that, that's kind of the, the downfall of having these zoom press conferences, John, because yeah. I asked the question and I wasn't allowed to have a follow-up because yeah, I asked the question <laughs> and then they mute you. That's just their policy. So I'm not mad about it. It just couldn't right. follow up and say, Ooh, that sounds yeah. interesting. Coach. Meanwhile, Ooh. I thought I had my hand raised the whole presser on the zoom call. And I <laughs> realized at the very end, it wasn't even yeah. raised. I'm not sure how it went off, but anyway, it's, those are the pitfalls of those where you yeah, wasn't to able to follow up to see who were in those, those fancy MRI tubes mm. as, uh, as Bruce. Said. Right. And maybe so. it's Dean and maybe it's Davis. Or maybe it's neither of them. We don't know yet, yeah. but all I know is that Bruce Arian sounded very open to whatever happens happens. And rather than being like, well, we, that was before we looked up here to see her and now we signed yeah. here and we're well, going to go. It, and, I mean, you know. yeah, exactly. And this is exactly what Bruce Arian said. This is the quote. Uh, and I quote, Jason's reached out. We got to see what he's got other, other things going on too. Just a matter of, I coach the ones that we got and we'll he'll handle the rest of that. We'll kick the tires and some other guys too. We'll talk and we'll see if it's the right fit. It's the right fit and we'll move on it. So mm -hmm. 
certainly didn't sound like he was closing the door on it. They're open to it. I think that's more likely, John, than than the Bucks going out and and making a trade for Stephon Gilmore. I had that question in the, the PR uh, Bucks Monday mailbag this morning. Mm-hmm. I just can't see the Bucks no, trading for Gilmore for two big reasons. Number one, I don't think that Jason Light wants to give up any draft capital or players right, right in the middle of a, of a Super Bowl repeat run. And then number two, the cost is just going to be prohibitive. You've got Carlton Davis, whom this team really likes. He's proven himself. He's homegrown. He's a great fit in this defense. He's getting better and better as a cornerback. Mm-hmm. And he's younger. He's younger than the 30-year-old Gilmore. So that's the problem there is, is Gilmore. I, I thought he was actually um, getting paid more than he actually is. I think he's the 14th highest-paid corner. He wants to be in the top three and that's, you know, $20 million a year. That's Jalen Ramsey money. So mm-hmm. I don't think that Jason Light wants to pay any cornerback, even Carlton Davis, $20 million or, or even no. close to that amount. So I, I there's no way Gilmore happens. I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. No so way. I'm just saying, cause we have some comments yeah. out there. I tackle right. that question. I know that, that I've heard, it, I've seen the same thing. Yep. Yeah. It, 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 if you're playing Madden, sure. Make the trade, right? But this is not Madden. This is not fantasy yeah. football. This is real life football. And I just don't see that happening. Right. William Butler, appreciate the $5 super chat here. Always appreciate those super chats. Uh, you know, people have been gracious. Some of you have been gracious enough to give us those on a consistent basis. Those really powered us through last season, helped us with a lot of expenses for this show, including the yes. camera that I'm using right now, the ring lights, all of that kind of stuff. And now with our staff growing, it'll go toward more of that stuff again. Uh, some of the graphics that you yep. see that we use, it powers kind of all of that stuff. We use it for that budget. So anytime you guys can donate Super Chats, it goes right back into the show and us making it better it and really providing more shows for you all as well. So right. we do it, appreciate it. it I just want to come out and say it does not go to any Peter Report alcohol fund. Okay, we don't have a slush <laughs> fund for alcohol. We do not. Uh, it, it, you know, it's not like Peter Report happy hour money. We, we do right. put the money back into the show, as John said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And and you guys have seen that, the, those who have been with us for the past years, we've done this thing. So we do appreciate that. You know, he says, just sign him, William says, for the minimum, it really couldn't hurt. He honestly fits the scheme. And that's the good part of this, right? Uh, Richard Sherman, easy scheme fit, in my opinion. Very smooth yeah. scheme fit with Tampa Bay. This is a guy who has played primarily in a cover three type of scheme, primarily as his own corner, but has definitely shown the ability to play more man coverage in the past. Obviously a little bit older now, and there's been some injuries. I don't know that I'd want him playing man heavily, and this is a scheme that won't ask him to do that, to be honest. This is a scheme that when they do need to do it, he'll play it effectively enough. But for the most part, this is a zone-heavy scheme. That's what Bulls is, and he's certainly capable of doing that. And so I love the scheme fit. I think that part of it would be tremendous, and his ball skills and awareness – are something that they really need as well as the physicality and the tackling on the outside. Those are all staples of kind of zones, cover three type corners. And he's got all those abilities. There's not the mental lapses that you see with Jamel Dean. Having said that, if you were to sign Richard Sherman, it really kind of takes Jamel Dean totally out of the equation because Jamel Dean isn't going to play in the slot and neither is Richard Sherman really. And so Unless you had Carlton Davis play there a little bit situationally, maybe Jamal Dean could get on the field in some games. Obviously, Sherman would need a little while to catch up to the defense and terminology and communication and those things. But yeah, for the most part, that would kind of take Jamal Dean out of it. And then when Sean Murphy Bunting returned, you'd really kind of be giving up on Jamal Dean if everybody were healthy. You'd be calling him the number four corner. You would not be able to find that much more about him this season. Um, are the Bucks at that point? You know, any signing of Richard Sherman 
would be a direct indictment of Jamel Dean. There's no other way to look at this, Scott, than that. And Jamel Dean played well in week two. He yeah, hardly he, gave up yeah, anything he did. in the, the place. I asked Bruce Arians that question today. I said, how did Jamel Dean? I mean, didn't play well in in the first game against the Cowboys. That's something that Bruce Arians said after the game. And and he said he actually played really well. And, and I thought he did too. Sometimes it's not just looking at, at the, the pass breakups and in the interceptions on the stat sheet, you really can't stat sheet uh, scout, you know, and, and, and get a full grasp of what a player is doing. Sometimes when they don't throw your way and you don't have a chance for pass breakups, that's the ultimate testament to mm-hmm. how well you performed. And I'm not saying that the Dean was playing at a Pro Bowl level yesterday, but I didn't see any coverage gaffes. And I thought his coverage when they did throw his, his way was was good. And he came up and made the tackle for the most part. So, um maybe a, a positive step in, in the maturation process of Jamel Dean bouncing back from what was a kind of a rough week one against the Cowboys. Yeah, it was. And I think that, you know, it showed some good things for Dean. It also showed where Atlanta wants to attack you, which was heavily middle of the field. Go yeah. over, look at Matt Ryan's passing chart over on next gen stats. They did not try to put the yeah. ball down the field a lot. They yeah. threw short underneath a lot, attacked the short areas of the field, uh, a lot of the middle of the field, most Levante David, Devin White's zones uh, were attacked a ton in coverage right. in this game. Mm-hmm. Ross Cockrell, as well as that nickel corner kind of underneath in that zone scheme. All three of those guys were charged with almost all the yards this team surrendered in passing yards. It doesn't mean they weren't doing their job at all times either. Right. It's just that's how the scheme is. You, know, you allow those underneath catches, you tackle the catch, and you hope that you can make an impact play. They made some at the end, not until the end. So, yeah, John says, is if the Bucks sign Richard Sherman, is he going to get suspended from the NFL for any off-field actions? Good question here, John, and appreciate. Again, that $5 super chat definitely means a lot. Here's the situation with Richard Sherman for people who don't know, and I won't go into a ton of detail just in terms of trying to keep us on track for this show. Uh, but off the field, Sherman's still a question mark for sure. It's kind of a weird situation. Revere, he's been revered for his character for most of his career, really, in terms of leadership on and off the field contributions, all of that kind of stuff. But he was arrested on five misdemeanor charges in July. The charges included driving under the influence and secondary criminal trespassing. He crashed his, crashed his FUV into a construction zone before trying to bust through the door of a family member's home. There was something going on. We don't, I mean, obviously it was under the influence as the, as the story says there. Um, police said he didn't physically assault anyone. He pled not guilty of the charges. He pledged to seek help. Uh, he's been doing, uh, this is from Tom Pelissero's report over on NFL.com. A person close to Sherman said he's been doing magnetic therapy and speaking with a therapist since the incident, helping him work through many issues he didn't have the tools to address before. He has dropped 15 pounds, weight he put on after an Achilles tear in 2017 and kept on for most of his three seasons in San Francisco. The league's reviewing his situation in the 2020 substance abuse policy calls for a baseline three-game suspension without pay for a first DUI offense, but the NFL generally doesn't hand down discipline until the legal process is complete, meaning Sherman likely would be able to play immediately, at least until that legal situation has resolved itself. i got two words for you. Antonio Brown. (laughs) I'm just saying, this team took a chance on him with some legal situations pending, right? Right. And, uh, you know, we don't, we're not going to, you know, repeat history and, and go down that road. But I mean, if anybody wants to Google what, what those uh, allegations were, they can, right? And, and this team took a chance. And sometimes you take a chance. And, and if, uh, if, if something happens, you know, that's, that's not to the team's liking, you can always cut the player, mm-hmm. especially if you sign a one-year deal. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know that that, 
that, that this situation, unless something else comes out or unless, you know, he's found guilty on some of these charges, uh, if, if, if the situation's in flux and in limbo, yeah. they, they took on AB in, in, with a similar type of, of, of instance, different, different allegations, mind you, but, mm-hmm. uh, 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 yeah, allegations were way worse <laughs> so yes that, yes you know, they were yes, so that could were. make it yeah i think less my point for sure my point is what i'm saying is is ab's legal situation was not resolved and yeah. they took that on so right. just because the, the, this the situation with with sherman has not reached a, a legal conclusion yet doesn't necessarily mean the bucks are, are not in play so mm-hmm. we'll continue to see what what uh, what happens uh and, and listen the Bucks are going to get tested. The secondary is going to get tested, big time. And it's not just Cooper Cup. It's it's Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. It's it's the tight ends, the running backs. They've got a lot of ways they can hurt you in the passing game. And uh, we've seen the Rams now in in back to back years, 2019 and in 2020, light up the Bucks secondary. Pretty right, good. And, and Richard Sherman signed this week or not, it's probably not going to help. It's, in that it's not going to help this week, <laughs> right? You know, exactly. Sure. So, but, but maybe down the road it would. Um, right. I will say this I, too, Scott. If they did this, it would just represent a really big change, and it may be insignificant, and maybe all the young guys in the secondary would be all for it. But Richard Sherman is a dog. He is a leader. He yeah. is outspoken. He is. Here we go. Come alongside me. I'm going to do, he took the culture in San Francisco and that young secondary, which really didn't have a lot of great players and, and has it you know, when he was there and made yeah. that a Super Bowl caliber group because of that leadership and that communication skill that he has. And that's fine. That's great for some teams And the, right. but the bucks are not your typical young secondary. Like all six of their top DBs are on rookie contracts. They're all young right. bucks, but they just want a Super Bowl and shut down Patrick Mahomes. Like, yeah. Do they need that guy to come in and kind of be like, here's how we're going to do things as a secondary? I don't know that that fit is there or not. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying it's not Listen, your typical I, I don't, young I don't think it can hurt, right? I don't think it can hurt. I mean, th- this team was obviously higher on Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones last year, given their playing time, right? But yet they still brought in LaShawn McCoy in the summer. Now, this is before Fournette was there, but the LaShawn McCoy – is a been there done that veteran so even though he's not helping on the field because he was too old doesn't mean he can't impart some words of wisdom uh, in the locker room in the cafeteria in the film room on the practice field and help um, be a little bit of a mentor and a coach so i listen i, I think if richard sherman talks i think carlton davis sean murphy bunting ross cockerel uh you know d delaney all those guys, Jamel Dean, they're listening, right? If if mm-hmm. that comes to fruition. Now, Charles McDaniel says, yeah. "What do you guys think about Edwards playing in the nickel?" Talking about Mike Edwards, even when SMB comes back, I have to find yes. a way to keep this man in the field. Yes, uh, play, play Mike Edwards wherever. Play him. Doesn't have to be that hard. Free Scott. safety, strong safety, nickel corner, defensive end, nose tackle. <laughs> I don't care. Find a way to get Mike Edwards on the field. Okay. I'm not saying he's going to take Vita Vea's job or or threaten him in any way, uh, and of course I'm being I'm being sarcastic, but but get this guy on the field. Like, yeah. Even if you have to cheat and just play 12 guys, you know, for a play or two, see if you can get away with it. Make sure the refs aren't counting, but get this guy in the field. He is a difference maker, John. You and I have have really been in love with this guy's game, like punch drunk love. Yeah. With with Mike Edwards, dating back to to last year when. 
What's there to dislike? He hasn't yeah. done anything wrong in forever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, go back to week five, that Packers game, right? It's right. like Antonio Winfield comes off the, the field for one play. I guess he got dinged up or winded or whatever. And Mike Edwards goes out there and it makes a huge pick right after Jamel yeah. Dean's pick here's, six. Here's and that just numbers. turns the, the table. Yeah. Here's the numbers. 22 games, okay, so counting playoffs since the beginning of last season, his, his second season. Over the he's over that time he's played just 428 snaps. So yeah, it isn't a big sample size. But guess what? In that time, he has five picks. He has a sixth pick called back due to a penalty. He's broken up 11 passes. He's only been on the field for 428 snaps. Not all those have even been past plays. He's right. averaging an interception like every 71 snaps over 22 games. You just you have to play him more. Like there, this some things are not that hard, and this is not that hard. He, yeah. You need to play him. Like you do not have a secondary with four pro bowlers in it. You have a good young group and he's a part of that. And he has to see the field, keeping him off the field with his production and his talent and his communication skills. Also, Oh, what did they want to improve? Improve your tackling. He's improved his tackling. Yes. Just form his tackles last year in those 20 games that he played in. He was a standout in that area. He was on special teams and he was a standout in that area. He's not missing tackles like he used to miss them. He's makes tons of plays on the ball. These aren't lucky interceptions. His pass deflections have been a huge part of the Bucks' success. Yeah. He's had some of the biggest pass breakups in the last year plus now for the Bucks. You have to get him on the field more. It's just not a hard situation. You have no clear-cut nickel. You don't have a clear-cut nickel when Sean Murphy Bunting comes back. Now right. you do. His name is Mike Edwards. Play him there. You're a zone-heavy team. It doesn't matter if you have a safety in the nickel most of the time if you're a zone-heavy team. Play him there. Let him thrive. Let him play. make plays underneath on the ball because if you want to get off the field and you're this defense, you need somebody who can make plays on the, on the ball in the short areas of the field. Yeah. No, I agree with everything you said. You're preaching to the choir. I mean, uh, get this guy in the field uh, any yeah. way, shape, or form. And I, I like him in the slot. Again, we, we talked about it, I think, before before the game. Ross Cockrell is is okay in short and underneath the stuff. I didn't, it didn't look great giving up the, the slant touchdown on, on fourth and goal, uh, fourth and, and goal from the three-yard line um, to Calvin Ridley. But the problem is with Ross Cockrell is he doesn't have the speed and the short area quickness. So once you get past 15 yards, and the Rams will go vertical, they do have that vertical ability now with, with Matthew Stafford that they really didn't with Jared Goff. That's where the separation begins from, from the, the cornerback and the wide receiver. That's where you saw Amari Cooper kind of pull away from Ross Cockrell in week one. Right. And I think that Mike Edwards has got a little bit more deep speed. He's used to, to being back there playing free safety center field. So I, I think he's a better athlete, and I'd like to see him continue in this nickel role. Call it three safeties, whatever you want. Uh, call him nickel corner. Uh, he's, he's getting the job done, and until he doesn't, I want to see him out there. Right. Richard uh, with a question here, and then we'll get to a break real quick. But Richard says, can you see the Bucks falling to second in the division if we lose to the Rams and Panthers beating the Texans after week three? Richard, appreciate that $5 super chat very much. Um yeah, I mean, that's if the Rams beat the Bucs, the Panthers are going to beat them. I mean, the Texans have Davis Mills at quarterback. He couldn't tie his shoes, if you remember, in the preseason. <laughs> yes. And so, I mean, that they're going to win. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, but it won't mean anything. Who cares? I mean, Panthers have beaten nobody. You know, the Saints yeah. were decimated by COVID, and everybody saw what Jameis did. 
And uh, then in week one, when they oh, wait, the Jets, no, no. Wait, wait. did you did you say Jameis? <laughs> yeah, as you in, yeah, yeah. The, the, as in the, the NFL MVP after week one? Yeah, the, I was going to say that they're the reigning NFL MVP. After People week legitimately one. put them in the same conversation. Oh, Bra- Jameis and Brady should be going head to head for the Player of the Week award. All right, <laughs> no okay, <good> chief. <laughs> Sounds good. You watch the same sport I do because <laughs> yeah. one guy threw for four hundred yards and led his team back over and over again from mistake after mistake. The other guy yeah. had five touchdowns handed to him anyway I, I digress but um yeah no i think that the panthers haven't really played anyone so we even if they're three and oh it, who cares it's week three there's 17 yeah. weeks of this thing and so we're 18 yeah 18. i mean listen 18 john if i weeks. if i had to bet i still think that the bucks are going to come out on top of this division i just do oh yeah, yeah. and yeah. and I, i'll be the first to admit i got my ass handed to me <laughs> this weekend <laughs> Actually, I, it was my own fault. I'm the one who made the, the picks. I can't blame my bookie, but I, I made some horrible picks on Saturday. Horrible picks yesterday. I did win a, at least the Bucks covered. So thank you very much, Tampa Bay. It's about the only thing I did right when it comes to uh, to my bookie. Now, I did have a great week the week prior. I was really happy with myself yesterday. I'm about to ready to fire myself uh, as, as my official um, – Bookie. Personal bookie, I'm de- listen. I, I wish you could go to my bookie, and my bookie would just pick the winners for you. But mm. they're they're not that good. But winning season started off hot, but my bookie is continuing to crank up the heat. The fifty thousand dollars survivor contest. Whether you're a new or existing customer, if you've made a deposit with my bookie, you earn entry into the fifty thousand dollars survivor contest absolutely free. To play, all you have to do is pick one winner a week to keep your streak alive and have a shot at the grand prize. Start off strong, and you know if, if you haven't made those picks yet, you still have a chance to get in this game. Either way, it's a simple play and win, even if you don't have a ton of betting experience, which is why I always choose MyBookie for NFL contests. Head over to MyBookie.ag right now and get in on the competition. Use the promo code Pewter to receive double your first deposit and get instant access to the $50,000 survivor pool. Again, that's promo code Pewter. They're going to instantly double your first deposit up to $1,000, John. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. And better luck to you than I had this week. Hey, Matt Matera cleaned up yesterday on MyBookie. That's all I know. He did real well. Yes, Make did. sure you're reading that betting the Bucks column every Saturday, Bucks. I didn't read Matt. it. I should have. I'm yeah, just Matt, Matt will lead you astray. He's got it going on over there. But all right, uh, we've talked. We've discussed the secondary a good bit. I think everybody knows at this point we're both interested in the Richard Sherman potential signing. Yeah. There's a lot of vetting we need to know about the character stuff, off the field stuff. Did you say venting? I'm just not convinced vetting. Oh, vetting, vetting, vetting the the situations. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think. Sean Murphy Bunting status will play heavily into this, right? Because that's yeah. the other layer. We mentioned Dean, but if Murphy Bunting's going to maybe be back after week six, okay, you, you didn't sign Richard Sherman to sit on the bench or be your fourth right. corner. So now Sean Murphy Bunting's your nickel maybe, uh, but what if Mike Edwards is balling like he balling now? Like, right. you know, you've got a, those kind of issues on your hand where, okay, we're going into the last year with Murphy Bunting and Dean and you, you didn't learn anything. They didn't grow. They took, you know, took a step back in terms of their role this past year. Are you willing to do that? Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that either Murphy Bunting or Dean have played well enough to to make sure that they shouldn't sign anybody else. Like right. that has not been the case. If it were the case, I wouldn't even be entertaining this. In yeah. fact, the case is the opposite to me, where I'm just worried about Still Dean. Have question marks on those guys. Yeah, yeah, Dean is like this all the time, and yeah. Murphy Bunting was as bad as I've seen him play, which he's not in had a great one, yes. in week one before the injury. So. 
you know, in a small sample, but last year yeah. was bad too. So there's just a lot of, uh, yeah, there's layers to this one that's tricky. The coaches will have, yeah. would have to have a lot of conversations with people to make sure everybody was did, on the same did page. Did you say coaches' conversations? See, did, I'm sensing yeah. a theme, venting, coach conversations. John, it's interesting because Bruce Arians had some very interesting choice words that we wrote about on PeterReport.com. And yes, uh, it, the, the audio came from the Buccaneers radio network and we're not allowed to play it on the podcast, but we did a story about it and you can actually listen to the coach Bruce Arians talk with TJ Reeves. Uh, so we actually have the audio on there. He was, he was hot to say the yeah. least after the Falcons kicked that field goal right before halftime, the Bucks, if you remember, had three penalties on that drive, mm. a very, you know, kind of questionable, unnecessary roughness calling on Carlton Davis. There was an absolute BS call on Shaq Barrett, which yeah. robbed the Buccaneers of a touchdown because he perfectly timed the snap of the Knocked ball. He the was ball not offsides, off. got a sack fumble. Devin White scoop and scored. They they said, nope, sorry, that was that was offsides. Now, Jason Pierre-Paul did have an offsides. But yeah. out of all those penalties, the Falcons, the Falcons kicked a field goal, had a little bit of momentum heading into halftime, and Bruce Arians was kind of livid about it. So we can't play the audio here. But we can act it out for you. That's right. That's right. So playing the role of of a sideline reporter for Buccaneers Radio Network is is the illustrious John Ledyard. I will be doing my best impersonation of Bruce Arians, which may or may not be good. I'll let you be the judge of that. So, John, take things away as T.J. Reeves asking Bruce Arians about the first half as he's coming off the field at halftime. Coach, I know they got the three right there at the end of the half. What are you happiest with, especially on offense? Not a damn thing. I'm not happy about a damn thing. We turn the ball over. This should be a 35 game, 35 point game by half right now. We're not happy about shit. Well, uh, defensively, what are you going to build on in the second half? Same thing. Nothing. Nothing. Too many damn penalties. Same thing right there. Too many damn penalties. Look, that's the way that it went at halftime, and we were totally unaware, obviously, until after the game when we get sent this audio clip, and I just clicked on it to see if there was a story in there, and I was like, what the heck is this? And I'm going to listen to all of those from now on when they said just to see if he goes crazy at every halftime. I would have loved to hear the Cowboys one. Maybe I'll go back and see what he said, but... No, Arians never spares any words, and after the game, he was more subdued. But at the same time, the message <laughs> yeah, because they the won, because <laughs> they won. But the message has been the same, right? Like, yeah, the message has been we cannot play like this against the Rams and be successful. And what he means specifically by playing like this is he specifically means the way Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. No, I'm kidding. But like, I'm serious. Like, <laughs> yes. come on. Like, this, yeah. these guys are literally trying to kill this team. They tried to kill them all last regular season, and you thought there's no way they could do this again. They've actually won up themselves from last year. Like, and the funniest thing, Scott, is that they're going back to back with it. Last week in week one, you had the 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 fumble by Ronald Jones. Yes. The very next offensive play, you have the drop turn interception by Leonard Fournette. And That's you're like, right. This can't be real. This has to be like a joke. This is like perfect content. But at the same time, this is just too funny. Then this past week, Leonard Fournette comes out, fumbles. Luckily, Chris Godwin, as you pointed out yesterday in the show, makes a heroic play to knock the ball yes. out of bounds while he's trying to recover it. Otherwise, that could have been a scoop and score for Atlanta, and they could have right. had the lead. It's a 28-25 game at this point. Yeah. The Bucs have to punt after he loses six yards on the fumble. The Bucs punt the ball away. The very next drive, 
they come out with Ronald Jones. Probably right. Arians was a little bit like, all right, Leonard Fournette, get him out. Like he fought, he just fumbled. He's not protecting the ball. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go with Ronald Jones. First right. down, Ronald Jones catches at nine yards. Got clear space in front of him. Runs out of bounds, short of the first down marker. Okay. Fine. Didn't even we'll put his shoulder time. down. Didn't Did even nothing. try. Come nothing. On, like Joe. no one's even coming at him. There was just inexcusably runs out yeah. of bounds. Okay. Second and one. I think it was an incompletion. Third and one. Ronald Jones completely misses the hole. Wide open hole. Completely tries to bounce the run outside. Three guys tackle him short of the first down. I mean, almost live, I was almost calling that he had the first down already because that's how obvious it was to me that the hole was there. He didn't see it, bounce it outside, gets tackled for a loss. Then they get it on fourth down, to his credit. The very next series, as they they line up, as Paul says, Ronald! Ronald! What are you doing, Ronald? Ronald, because he's a pass protection assignment. Deion Jones is coming up the A gap and he blows it. He whiffs completely on the block. Brady gets sacked. Bucks punt. Luckily, they survived it. The defense made a huge stand with Keem Nunes Roach's tackle for loss, bailed out a lot of people. But it is unbelievable that two running backs can derail this whole group. Like they're like secret agents, Scott. It's every single week. And it just blows my mind that this is still happening. Why Giovanni Bernard sits on the bench doing nothing. Giovanni Bernard is is sitting on the bench going, what the hell did I do? <laughs> what did I do to either Todd One McNair? One of the highest character, most reliable, Bruce Arians, smartest, greatest pass Byron Leftwich. Did, did I piss off Tom? Born pass pro. Like, did, did I make Tom angry in practice? What, what am I not doing right? I, I don't know. I came down here and I thought it was going to be the third down back. And every time Bruce Arians talks about third down, he says, I'm the third down back yet. But he's in there for half of the third But downs. I'm only in there for half of the third downs. I'm splitting the half, splitting half of the third downs with Leonard Fournette. He's not supposed to be on third downs. That's me. I, what's going on? It, it, does Giovanni Bernard, does he like lose his helmet? Is he pulling like a Thurman Thomas? Where it's like third down, he's like, "Oh crap, where's my helmet?" You know what? What's, I don't know. I don't know what's happening, John. This is crazy. Scott, will Giovanni Bernard get a chance to carry the football on a rush this season? Like, I'm honestly starting to wonder. And maybe the Fournette and Jones get to the point where they like knock each other out with a mistake. Like, they're neither of them. They're, I mean, but it's honestly <laughs> like it's just comedy. <laughs> Geo is the Mike Edwards of the offense. <laughs> it's so true, Garrett Washington. I wrote today, the Bucks. Yes. I had two headlines going on the side. The Bucks need to play Mike Edwards more is one of my headlines for a story. Then the other one was the Bucks need to play Giovanni Bernard more as a headline to another story. That'll go up tomorrow. But that's, yes, Geo is maybe the best pass protecting back in the NFL. He's been yeah. used a ton in that role. He played, what, six snaps the other day. I just, I don't know, man. Like, I. I don't know. I'm not even saying he's a great every down back in an ideal situation right. or anything like that. I'm just saying these other two guys are actively trying to cost you a football game. Yeah. We haven't even talked about Leonard Fournette on the fourth and one did the same thing Rojo yeah. did and completely, I'm going to show you these plays on we're Wednesday. Still, when we come back yes. to the podcast. Oh yeah. I'm we're we're, having, you a, all we're having a Leonard segment on Wednesday. Yes. So just, we, just a reminder. We might, just, we might just have a Ronald segment joining we might because have a it's Ronald getting segment. to that point. Yes. The comedy from these two. We, we will. Oh, it's, it's, it's entertaining because they're winning, but it's going to get real. It's going to start pissing us off here real soon. If this I doesn't know. change because in the coaching staff too, the only question is, will they turn to Bernard or not? That's what we yeah. just still. Okay. I'm, I'm going to read you guys really quick. My second prediction from my two point conversion, which came out this afternoon. Prediction number two, 
All right, if Rojo doesn't run wild in L.A., there could be trouble. The last time Bucks running back Ronald Jones II was in L.A., he rushed for 70 yards and a touchdown against the Rams back in a Wild West 55-40 shootout win by Tampa Bay. It's back in 2019. Jones, who's in a contract here and went to USC, has had a very limited role on offense so far this season, has just 41 yards and a fumble on 10 carries, a 4.1-yard average, and three catches for nine yards. I get the sense that there's some growing frustration Mm -hmm. in the Jones camp with Leonard Fournette getting twice as many opportunities to touch the ball. Fournette has 84 yards on 20 carries, a 4.2-yard average, and nine catches for 51 yards with a fumble and a drop. If Jones doesn't get it going in Los Angeles, there could be some trouble brewing in Tampa Bay. Just something to keep an eye on. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, right. And you're not throwing darts there. We could say that no, probably not with, that, with what you're predicting. I, there, I hope Rojo busts out big time. I want to see Rojo channel those those Trojan vibes right. and and go nuts out there in LA. I'd love to see I mean, that. Uh, kid, I, I mean, you're speaking from some level of knowledge here. You're not just like throwing darts, you know, in terms of like, oh, this yes. could be. Like this isn't just guesswork here, but at the same time, it's not a done deal either. You know, Jones needs to be a guy that can be more productive. You know, yeah. straight up, no, and that no that, inclu- that means you have to be on the field. You can't be a screw up every time you touch the ball. Every time you're on the field getting a snap, you have right. to be able to do more than just carry the ball once in a while. Like you have to be able to play some in passing downs and right. be semi competent. Like, in it, and you're you're exactly right. And Bruce Arians said today, he specifically mentioned that that blown pass protection that, that allowed Deion Jones to sack Tom Brady. That was a mental error. And yeah, he shouldn't said, be shouldn't be happening this at this stage of, of Rojo's career. Right. And Darian said, yeah, it speaks for itself. When he was asked about the blown block, he said, Ro, that's his guy. He's got to get out of those types of situations. I thought he ran hard and protected the ball. But again, you can't have those mental errors. This is his fourth year, man. Well, he said third year, but yeah. <laughs> third year with him. That's the, the first year doesn't count, John. Right, first yeah. year was so bad. We've all that's forgotten it. He said it shouldn't be a problem, and at times it is. Attention right. to detail like missing that blitz. He is a great runner, and he caught the ball well. I would like to see him run for the first down instead of going out of bounds before the marker. <laughs> so would I. His mind, is, <laughs> his mind is fine. It's just his play isn't as good as it should be. And Read that last sentence again. That's, that's just telling, yeah. John. His Read mind is fine. It's just his play isn't as good as it should be. And Okay, so, so we've gone from week one to Rojo – something mentally, mentally wrong yeah, right too right. now rojo's mental situation is fine because i gave him the starting job and he didn't deserve it but i gave it to him he just didn't play well it just didn't play well yeah <laughs> it's fear for man like i don't have like last year i had a shred of grace left for the man and we even said all offseason we said like and we always left the caveat mm-hmm. look rojo <laughs> could screw this thing up again royally but he is clearly more talented than leonard fournette i think that's unquestionably yes. true when you saw him in the preseason and the training camp there was no doubt about it Right, but the problem is it just doesn't matter because the guy can't stop screwing up, and that's been a story of his whole career. And yeah. at this point, I'm I have no words of defense left for Ronald Jones. I have no words of defense for Leonard right. Fournette. You know, he I, <laughs> play Giovanni Bernard. That's it. Yeah, that's all I have to say. There okay, are more uh, positive things to get to here. I do. I, do. I want to address. You this. want to talk about taunting? Like, can I yeah, talk I, about I, I any do. other? Can I? You think about what you're going to say because I want to talk about our friends over at Pin Chasers here Let's really do quick. It. And then, and then I want to hear what you have to say about the taunting because I know you've got an epic rant going there with the taunting, and uh, I want to hear it because I agree with it completely. But hey, head on over to Pin Chasers for unbelievable bowling, unbelievable food, 
and unbelievable fun. Our friends over at uh, Pin Chasers, they are always just kind of changing the game with the things and opportunities that they have for you. One of the things that's super exciting that I'm most excited about here with Pin Chasers is they're all you can eat pizza for $11.99 after 9 p.m. on Tuesday nights. So that's tomorrow night. It's the pizza yep. bowl. All you can eat pizza for $11.99 after 9 p.m. And then Thursday night, they have unlimited bowling after 9 p.m., including $1 Miller Lights. It's a family-friendly place that is a great spot for your whole group to enjoy a fun afternoon or evening. They're a family-owned business. They've been around for 60 years. And on top of that, they're huge Bucks fans. And if you're hungry while you're there, the 10-pin grill has some great food that includes burgers, sandwiches, fries, quesadillas, and salads for healthier options, plus breakfast foods that you can have at any time. Any time of the day, breakfast foods are one of the greatest things that God has ever given us. Thank God for your pin chasers. They have three locations in East Pasco on Hillsborough Avenue and right down the road from the Bucks facility on North Armenia Avenue. To reserve a lane or book a party, head on over to pinchasers.net and... We're happy to announce that the Pewter Report Bowling League is starting again on They're Monday, back. October 11th. So yep. make sure you sign up on our Google Docs sheet. You can find it over on the Pewter Report Twitter account. Sign up on that Google Docs sheet. If you don't have access to Twitter for whatever reason and you want access to sign up on that sheet, email me, J-O-N at pewterreport.com. Um, I'll make sure Matt knows as he's coordinating that and he can get you signed up on there for the Pewter Report Bowling League. Again, that starts Monday, October 11th so uh, really fun stuff with pin chasers and uh, we're looking forward to getting that bowling league up and running again okay Scott you've got this taunting penalty on Mike Edwards and taunting has been one of the themes of the day in the NFL world and it is some BS isn't it it is it's so stupid I've I've already called out the NFL for for sissifying the game of football right Mm -hmm. and we've already talked about Carlton Davis he made a football play and it's to the point where, like, you can't hurt the quarterback or even touch the quarterback anymore without roughing the passer called. And it's it's the point now where where you can't hit a receiver until they catch the ball. You have to let them catch the ball, John. You can't hit them beforehand. They've got to catch the ball first, and yes. then you can make a tackle as long as it's not too hard, right? Carlton Davis, sorry, you you were too hard of a hitter. And and listen, I think part of the problem is is when you look at Carlton Davis's Twitter account, it's C Murda, right? That's that's his his Twitter handle, C Murda, mm-hmm. which is short for murder, and that's what he wants to do. He wants to, to literally kill wide grave receivers. <laughs> He's a grave digger, exactly. Hopefully not literally, but yeah. And well, I'm just, I mean, yeah, figuratively. Yeah, right, right. So I, his mentality. I, right. So I th- my my recommendation to Carlton Davis, so you won't draw any more of these fines and, and become one of those targeted guys that the refs will look at and say, we got to keep an eye on 24. Change the Twitter handle to C tag, right? Tag, two hand touch, right? Rather than murder. And that will probably get you out of the microscope, out of the yeah. spotlight of these officials. And when it comes to Mike Edwards, listen, he made an, an egregious effort to look behind him to make sure that Matt Ryan or a Falcons player wasn't going to tackle him. Um, and he decided to stroll into the the end zone backwards. I've got no problem with that. He didn't point a finger. He didn't spike the ball in Matt Ryan's face or any of the Falcons' face. He literally turned around and ran into the end zone backwards. Okay. Stupid. It's the stupidest thing. The NFL is ruining this sport. It really is. They're back to the no fun league, John. NFL, no fun league. And And I can't stand it. It's like, 
I, listen, I'm all for player safety. I'm all for, for sportsmanship. But but the, the pendulum is just swinging the opposite way here. If no it, player cares about taunting, then what is it for? What is the point? Right. Like that is it supposed to govern players? But if no players care about it, right? Then why? What? What purpose does it serve? It serves no purpose. Yeah. Every, the player safety rules. You may they may get them wrong, and they do get them wrong, and they got them wrong in the Carlton Davis thing. And I disagree with that to an extent too. But, right. but there's like debates to be had there and like it's bang, bang stuff. These calls right. are hard. Get over it. I would say like, you got to make the right call still being a better, yada, yada. Yeah. But the, the taunting thing is incomprehensible to me. Well, no it's, it's also, it's inconsistently called, right? right. There's it's, it's a pure judgment call. What's Mar Jackson taunting? like did like a whole flip last night. Exactly. It was basically, it was basically screw you chiefs. I just scored and you didn't, which even is awesome, which is fantastic. <laughs> Which right? is exactly what you should do. And you know, you know what? Here, here's the thing. Listen, I, I'm, I'm, I was, a, I'm a retired Pop Warner defensive coordinator, defensive line coach. Okay, I dealt with coaching kids. All right, all these kids play Madden. All these kids watch the NFL, and I understand the league so conscious about well, you can't do this because the little league kids and the high school kids and the college kids will will start imitating this. No, okay. Each level of the game is not the same. There's different rules that apply at each level, okay? And there's officials at each level, coaches at each level. Just simply tell the kids, whatever you see on Sundays, you can't do here, whether it's high school, popcorn, or whatever, okay? Um, it's that simple. It's not the NFL's job to worry about Pop Warner kids or high school kids or, or college football. Worry about yourself. Fix your own product because right now, uh, honestly – the game itself is good. The officiating is awful. Fix that. Yeah, right. And guess what? You know, they, the NFL, it's it's the it's the luxury they have is that knowing that we're going to watch anyway. And yeah, we will. And I get it. The ratings and the TV deals and everything are going to be better than ever. But hey, yeah. listen, have a little pride in it and make this thing better and do it better for the players and for the fans. You know, that's what they that's what we all want to see. By the way, when you mentioned Carlton Davis's. Uh, Twitter handle not having the last R and being murder instead of murder. It yeah. made me think of that office quote when <laughs> Dwight says R is among one of the most menacing sounds. That's why they call it murder, <laughs> not muck duck. <laughs> <laughs> I had that, oh that's one gosh. of my favorite office scenes. And I mean, right. Carl Davis is a big believer in that. He should change it to muck duck and maybe the league won't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> won't be able to find him. All right, uh, let's tackle the last part of what I wanted to talk about today. We've ranted on some things. Now let's end this with a note of positivity. Okay. I think Byron Leftwich is killing it to start the season. He yeah. could flop against the Rams, no question. And so could the rest. There could be those issues that creep up throughout the season. It's a long season. Right. You are never 100% happy with an offensive coordinator throughout a 17-game season. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. But through two weeks – he has excelled for Tampa Bay, attacking what defenses are giving him, not forcing the deep ball. Tom Brady, last year, 91 deep ball attempts, 20-plus air yards right. or more. That means 91 of those. He was 13 attempts ahead of the next closest quarterback last year. Yeah. 13 attempts. Nobody was even close to Tom Brady last year in terms of throwing the ball down the field. This year, they are still keeping the deep balls. And what they do, they're still an aggressive downfield passing team. They are tied for fourth most deep ball attempts, which a bunch of other quarterbacks. There's a bunch of other quarterbacks. They have 12 this year. A yeah. bunch of there's four quarterbacks or three quarterbacks, I think, tied for uh, first with 13 deep ball attempts. So they're right in that collection. They're not way ahead of the pack. 
They're right there, respectively, near the top of the leaders. Brady has been on the money with six of these 12 throws, that 50% uh, adjusted completion percentage because one of these was dropped. The Godwin one in week one um, down by the five-yard line against the Cowboys was dropped. Um, Brady has a 93.9 pro football focus grade on 20-plus air yard passes or more. Whether you think of PFF grades or not, here's the bottom line. Brady's been cash money on the deep ball again this year, which is what we expected. But there's le- there's more variance in the types of throw Brady has to make. There's more ways that they're finding throws down the field as well. Brady is 35% play action, 35% in week two against Atlanta. Terrific stuff. 14 play action dropbacks for Tom Brady in that game. And they started right out of the gate. So it wasn't necessarily run game reliant. The first play of the game was a play action 20 plus yard throw to Mike Evans. They're plus 2.9 yards per attempt on play action passes. That's a really good sign. Not only are they doing play action more as of week two, not only are they running at a higher percentage, but they're also being highly productive on play action opportunities, even in comparison to regular dropbacks, which have been very, very productive for the Bucs so far this season in the passing game. So outside of drops and a couple blown protections, everything the Bucs have wanted to do in the passing game has been there this season so far. Really, yeah, I mean, it has been no doubt all at their disposal. Yeah, I mean, well, John, when you've got a, a quarterback who's on pace to throw for 76 touchdowns this year, I mean, yeah, it's it's working pretty well. Uh, it, 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 see, that's the funny thing, and I'm going to throw this comment up there, and I'm not throwing shade at Elliot. You're welcome to your opinion. It really says a lot about how good this team is that they're 2-0, and most of the podcast is negative. Well, a lot of it was negative against the officials, right? That's and yes, true. we've been yeah. negative about the running backs because they can play better. And I think yeah. – that everything on this show that you're hearing is constructive criticism. It really right. is. Right. It, it's it's not like we have it in for any players or anything like that. We don't. And the yesterday's crit- podcast, we covered a ton of the positive yeah. right after the win. There's we no doubt. A lot of, and we come back and we we have the few things we want right. corrected on. But Monday go back and listen to the the Bucks' own words: Bruce Arians, mm-hmm. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Yep. They left points out there. They can play better. They're not they're not playing to their potential. And yet they're still putting 45 points on the board, 34 of which 34 of which was on the offensive side. So they're still doing an awful lot right, and they're not even close to playing their best football right now. That's mm-hmm. scary. It yeah. is scary. Good, John. That's a very right. good thing. But right. but just like any coach, player, or or NFL reporter, uh, B writers like you and I are covering this team. We want to see this team play its best football. Mm-hmm. Everybody. You Buccaneer fans out there in Pewter Nation watching, um, the players, everybody at, at the Advent Health Training Center, they want to see the best product out there on the field. They want a perfect 60 minutes. That's what you, you play the game for. You want every play to work offensively and defensively, and you're always chasing perfection. And right now the Buccaneers are 2-0. They've played far from perfect, but at the same time, I mean, they've kind of had their way with both the Cowboys – and that should have been 38-17, something like that, if the Bucs didn't have those those turnovers. Right. They're they're playing well enough to win and winning convincingly against the Falcons yesterday. Mm-hmm. But but yet the what would you grade him? Maybe 85%, 80%, something yeah. like that. You know? Yeah. I mean, offensively, they're very close to being I mean, but they put up 35 points the other day, you know, and, and yeah. they had a, you know. Like they were awesome against Atlanta offensively. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. all perfect, and there's definitely another level they can get to, no question about that. But you know, the defense is on the field for a ton of the game. That's just reality. The offense, you know, they got outpossessed again by like seven minutes, I think, by Atlanta. Yeah. And that doesn't matter at all if you're making the most of your possessions. It's an overrated stat, in my opinion. But 
the problem is you only have so many opportunities if the other team's going to hold the ball as long as Atlanta and Dallas have. So great defense, point, Ted. Got to get off the great field. Point. Ted here, remember last year's play calls a first down run up the middle, second down run up the middle, third down pass. We've come a long way. Yeah, staying out of third down is an emphasis of Byron Luff, which is which I am so pumped about. That is just huge, and I think Brady has reinforced that too. He's talked about that throughout his career. Those guys are very much on the same page with that. That has led to them being more aggressive on first down this season than last season. In this past game, 17 passes on first down to yeah. eight runs on first down. That's really the kind of distribution that you want to see. You want Leftwich came out and he said, we're going to be aggressive early. We're going to try and put these guys away early. And if not for the penalty on Jensen, the strip sack allowed by Donovan Smith, they probably would have, have done that, uh, put him away really early uh, in this game. And I love the mentality that he came out with. Players yeah. need to execute a little bit better. I think Chris Godwin needs to stop dropping the football. He's played really, really well in some ways. Uh, his last touchdown catch of the game was a great play, great yeah. catch on a perfect throw from Brady. He can play better, no question in my mind. I think Tristan Wirfs and Donovan Smith can both play better. The interior three has been great uh, for Tampa Bay. I think Antonio Brown's been really good when he's had his opportunities. He didn't play very much in this past game because the Bucs used a lot more two tight ends and even some jumbo. Josh Wells played eight snaps. I hadn't realized yeah. that, um, although some of those were the kneel down, I think. But um, Blaine Gabbard got in the game, John. Blaine Gabbard got we, in the we, game. We'd no, be remiss no if surprise. we didn't talk about Blaine. I think Blaine was perfect. I, I yeah. want to see his PFF rating. I think he had a perfect game. I think the last three reps. or four games Blaine Gabbard's entered, the Bucks have won, so no surprise that's, there. You know, that's, that's a, a phenomenal stat. statistic. Yeah, Probably need to work Blaine in more than yeah. is what you're saying, John. Right, right. right. Yeah, for sure. Two-quarterback system, I think, is what this past game is calling for. But no, I think those guys can play better. You know, Evans has been good. Um, you know, Brown has been good. We haven't seen a catch from Scotty Miller yet this season. Um, the running backs can be better, but those individuals just need to play better, I think. And most of them will. The running backs, I have no idea what's going to happen. But Wentworth is going to play better. Smith gets better as the year goes on every year. Yeah. Um, those guys, Godwin is going to be fine. Um, you know, so it's just about continuing to work in that direction. And I think this unit just has, because schematically the answers are there more than they've been in the past. I feel really good about their trajectory. The Rams present a totally unique and different challenge, not only because of the way that they defend in the play defense, but we are talking about two of the best defensive players in the league and Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, you could say the two best defensive players in the league at their positions. Yeah. At, at their yeah. positions, at least. Yeah. I mean, definitely number ones at their positions. I don't, I don't know how many would even debate that especially with Ramsey is playing like he is now. He is right. he is like locked in, dialed in, and he has been for the last year plus maybe now. So, yeah. you know, that's when he plays like that, it's really like hard to beat him. And so that is that is where the Rams are at right now. I think you could make the argument that they have two of the best two the two best defensive players in the NFL regardless of position too with those two guys. So, it's a huge challenge, not just because of the individuals. There's good other good players around them. It is a yeah. It's going to be a huge challenge. We're going to preview it all week. It's going to be a lot of fun, but it's definitely going to be one of their toughest tests. Of the season. Interesting because this Rams game, right? The, the, this is now three years in a row the, the Bucks and Rams have played. 2019 mm -hmm. was that epic Wild West 55 to 40 shootout, and Damakasu had a scoop and score to finish off the Rams' his former team. Then last year the the Bucks. Lost at home. The Rams got some revenge, 27-24 on, on Monday Night Football. And uh, it's it's interesting, right? It's it's going to be a, a fun matchup because both these teams are going to be in the playoffs, probably playing each other at some point in time. Deshaun Jackson now with the Rams. Long last laser, I bet Deshaun Jackson's begging McVay, this is my revenge game. Play me more than the three snaps I saw against the Colts. I'll, and he says, I would love to see White Ed get his pads on him coming across the middle. I would too. Unfortunately, that's that's a 15-yard unnecessary roughness penalty now. 
thanks to the NFL, the no right. fun league. But I'd love to see it too, just for just for kicks. Hey, you know some guys who are the opposite of the no fun league, who are the very fun league. Our friends over livinggolflife.com. These guys get it, man. They get what it's like to be out on the course, having fun. Uh, you know, going out and hitting some golf golf balls with your with your buddies. Uh, this is you know they understand it and they've developed a whole brand around it. LivingGolfLife.com, great polos, accessories, apparel, hats. I love the golf Living Golf Life hat. It's one of my favorite hats that Still I still waiting for mine, John. You seem yeah. You that's get off your Matt Matera, man. He's the one that got all the stuff from these guys. Right. You, let him hear about it, but. These guys or, 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 or maybe I should just stop complaining or, and go to livinggolflife.com yeah. and buy one, right, John? Exactly. Go over there to livinggolflife.com, buy one of these hats, uh, buy a polo, nice and comfy. Uh, they just got a great brand going on, and they're great guys, military background, who kind of get it and have kind of developed this whole um, this whole kind of uh, brand about golf life and what it means to be out on the course and having fun and everything like that. And so definitely check out their site, livinggolflife.com. Check out all they have to offer. Make yourself great gifts. Great gifts to ask for for yourself as well from our friends over at livinggolflife.com. Okay, so we've got uh, – we're coming up this week, Tuesday. We're back on the po- – no, Tuesday we're off on the podcast. We Correct. are going to catch our breath momentarily, keep producing you amazing, amazing written content for you. I'm also working on some new content angles that stay tuned for – hopefully come to fruition, reliant upon NFL All-22 tape, but hopefully come to fruition in the near future. But Wednesday, John, Scott and I will be back. John, We've got the preview show, don't we, Scott? Wednesday is going to be, uh, as the kids say, lit. Am I using that term right? Lit? I think you are. Term? Okay, You actually yeah. are, yeah. All right. You're so, kind of like a kid yourself in that one. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm not kidding. Uh, Wednesday is going to be lit, and, and here's why. Because we've got – the epic Bucks versus Rams matchups mm-hmm. previewed. We're, we're going to have Leonard. I mean, that's a given. Given, and we're actually going to have Ronald too. So. Oh yeah, oh so yeah. You got You got to stay tuned for both of those. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the segments will be back again. Just constructive criticism. We're in a, come out, shut us up, have a great game, score touchdowns, don't fumble the ball, get all your pass protection to square it away, and there won't be any more segments except right. except positivity. That's what everybody wants, right? All positive stuff. Yeah, it's all positive stuff indeed. Speaking of positive stuff, if you're interested in hearing more about the Bucks, make sure you head on over to Spotify Green Room and subscribe to Pewter Report over there. JC Allen does a great job jumping on there, opening some rooms up, talking Bucks football, talking about the NFL, talking fantasy football. You can download that on the Apple on the App Store or get it on Google Play, and you can join these conversations about sports. You get to jump into these rooms. You get to take the mic. You get to offer your opinion as a fan, and we get to listen. So fun stuff with Spotify Green Room. Make sure you're checking that out and checking out all that they offer over there, especially as you follow Pewter Report. You'll get the invites when we go live over there. All right, so we'll be back on Wednesday, Scott, to break yeah. down this Bucks rams game. Then on Thursday, hopefully we have a guest for you. If not, we'll get some of the Pewter Reporters in here uh, and continue to break down that game and, and look at some big picture stuff for the Bucks. Sunday. Pewter game day. Sunday. Yes, the Pewter pregame show starts at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Well, there's the best matchup of the game. Maybe, That's right. right. There, Ali Marquette, who didn't, didn't get to play last year against Aaron Donald because of his injury. Now he gets to play and face off with the best in the business in Aaron Donald. That game is going to start at 4.25 p.m. And myself and Paul, Paul Atwell will be with you all the way through that game on the live stream as we were in the last game. You haven't had a chance to listen. I'm a little biased, but I really think week two's live stream went really well. I thought it was a lot of fun. Fans really liked it. Paul did an awesome job. It was just a, it was a great broadcast and a great show. So if you're rewatching the Bucks game and you want to go back and our Bucks week two game and you want to, 
go back and watch kind of how that game went down and follow along with Paul and I as we kind of call it and walk through it. Yo, bro, rack, rewatch the game and have us on maybe while you're rewatching it because I think it's you know what, John, there's some fun it, elements to the show. It's kind of like Eli and Peyton, but it's really <laughs> John and Paul, and neither one of you guys played in the NFL, so it's kind of similar but different. But it's all about yeah. the Buccaneers. That's what makes it special. And it you is. guys, you guys know your stuff when it comes to the Buccaneers. So man, yeah, uh, Paul, that, Paul that's is what's special about yeah. the broadcast. Yeah, you could take Paul to the bank, man. He's got yeah. so many good observations throughout. And the John. Game. Looking at this awesome graphic of Ali Marpet and that that amazing all pewter look, right, against mm-hmm. Aaron Donald. Listen, this is revenge. Revenge right. of the pewter uniforms. Because the Bucks, they lost that game last year, 27-24. They're breaking out the pewter again. They're taking the pewter out there to LA and they're saying, Not again, Rams. Not again. We will defeat you and we will do it in pewter, damn it. We're going to have our preview. We're going to have our predictions on the Wednesday show, or at least our early predictions before the final injury reports come out. And uh, this one's going to be a tough one. This is going to be one of those games that I think could go either way on the Bucs schedule. Not too many of those, but I've got a lot to defend here, Scott. What we've had, I've been here for 22 Bucs games now, and I'm 22 and two, or 20 and two predicting Bucs games. So I've got to. Every time I pick one, I feel the weight of the world on my shoulders because the fan base is like, it's <laughs> <You> your <do>. fault. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't happen. So we'll see what happens. But the pewter revenge, it ends now. Good call, Bucks time 12. Good call yep. there. So we'll be back Wednesday with a preview show uh, for week three and then Thursday on the podcast as well. And then back again on Sunday. And stay tuned for some new, hopefully some new YouTube content coming your way on the Pewter Report TV. If you're not subscribed, go over to Pewter Report TV. Get subscribed to the Pewter Report podcast so you don't miss any of our shows, our content, our live in-game streams. You're tuned for in for all of it. So make sure you check us out and follow along with that. Until next time, thanks, thanks, for thanks so much. Chats. Yes, thanks for the super chats. And thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.